Haunted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, here to talk all things coasters, theme parks, and even more, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. My name is Jack, I'm sitting here with my good friend Chris. How's it going tonight? Going good, ready to get into it. Got our quick plugs and everything, then a decent sized news, a new ride of the week, uh, your usual halftime report, some questions, and then an interview in the back half. So let's get into yeah, it. It's going to be a good show. You want to take Patreon shout outs? Sure, I got you. So, Patreon, shout out to all of our patrons Bryant, Graham, Grant, Jaden, Mark, Allison, Stephen, Eric, Mikhail, and welcome to the Patreon family, Klaus. Thank you, sir. Uh, as always, the Patreon link is in the description. All the money comes back to the show. It all goes back into it. We appreciate every single one of you that joins it, and we appreciate every single one of you that doesn't, but maybe a little more if you join it. So yeah. that link is in the description. I'm just saying, we're $10 away from a really nice number a month. If you feel like making that happen, wouldn't complain. And then if we didn't get any more Patreons, I mean, I would be sad, but I wouldn't be sad because that would be the number I got to look at every month when I went right. to take your money. So, yeah. But if you want to keep up with us outside of the podcast, which, first of all, why do you still listen? Secondly, follow us here at Twisted underscore Travelers on Instagram at Twisted Traveler, but the R at the end is a one on Twitter. You can follow me at Thrilling Moment on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Twitter chris at twisted travelers chris on instagram that's right follow all those and now let's get into some news so starting off with the bad silver dollar city had a fire um didn't seem to do too much damage but it did do a little bit unfortunate uh, did a lot of damage i mean it, it could have been worse is what i'm it saying it could have been worse yes um but it did damage mm-hmm. yeah it started at the pork rind stand. They had the uh, grease boiled over. They set the pork rind stand on fire. They're, one of their craft buildings and one other building went up. And then they also torched a bunch of trees in the process because they're all built under a heavy set of trees. If you're not familiar with where in the park this was at, it's over by where you turn to go to wildfire. That's where this happened. Um They've got it all walled off. Most of the buildings have already come down and they're working to get them rebuilt as quick as possible. Probably won't see them come back in full fledged until 2022 though. Yeah, probably. Um glad it wasn't, you know, yeah. any worse than it was, but still the good news, no one was hurt. Park was able yeah. to reopen the next day. So all good. Mm -hmm. Now the big news, um, at IAPA, Fun Spot America Atlanta finally officially announced Air Force One opening in 2022. We got full layout, full POV, everything you needed. And uh, yeah, it looks and top more. tier like we were thinking. Okay, so here's my question. Is it pronounced Air Force One or Air E Force One? I'm pronouncing it Air Force One. Okay. Like, okay. I'm not going to trash talk this ride too much. But top tier coaster, bottom tier name. That's about all I've got to add on the name of this ride. But I mean, it's yeah. kind of corny, but it could be worse. I don't really mind it too much, to be honest. Yeah, I like. I think this was in the Drunk Riders Discord server. James said, you know, if I was a millionaire, I'd definitely name a ride Larson Looper. And it's like, yeah, I guess if you're a millionaire, you can do that. Mm -hmm. 
But it does have everything. That's uh, what 150 feet tall, four inversions, massive stall, massive outer bank, a double up, a was it a chili roll? Is that what they're calling it? Chili dip. Chili like dip. Yeah, I have ideas for some funny pictures with that, and it's got a quad down. Probably better than lightning rod. Yeah, yeah the um, yeah, it looks huge. The stall looks amazing. That outer bank is what excites me the most, and the quad down. Uh, it's pretty think, much what we were wanting, so no complaints. That outer bank, because every time I look at it and I realize how steeply that thing is banked outwards, mm-hmm. that gets me excited. But then the other element I'm looking forward to is it's got the double up into the big drop. They had to specify it as a big drop yeah. into that roll over the building. I just feel like it's going to be nutty. So Yeah. Um. The other thing was they revealed the zero cars, which I am not a fan of. Why? Gonna I'm be curious. I mean, are you going for an Air Force theme or are you going for a Space Invaders theme? True. It looks way too... It does bulky and packy. It's got like a very Space Invaders theme to it. I can totally see that now. It, it just It's way too bulky and colorful for my liking. If they would have either simplified that or gone strictly like Air Force plane, I think it would have been cool. But to me, it's just no. it's so big. The best option would be run it without a zero car. I mean, Telling not you if you're people, wanting theming, if, but yeah. If if you want like the best like experience for front row riders, run your roller coasters without zero cars. Um, yeah. I will. Yeah, the trains. I'm like kind of in the middle. They're nothing special, but they're definitely not like my least favorite trains of all time. I think what excites me most about them is. There's plenty of flat surfaces that suction cups will work on. And Scott is listening and he will understand what I mean. Everyone else is probably like, huh? Oh, so. I doubt they are. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that happened. Yeah. Good for fun spot. And, yeah. And then keeping with major announcements, this one is actually probably the one I'm more excited about because we've known about the fun spot RMC for a while now. Palindrome is opening at Circuit of the Americas in 2022. This is the record-breaking Gerslauer coming to the United States, and it's going to Circuit of the Americas. Yes! Yeah, I'm just going to throw my thoughts all out at once. First off, what record are you breaking? I know they claim going over a road, but Goliath at Over Georgia has already done that. Um, and they, they were like specifying steel coaster because everyone was going to be like, No, Goliath at Over Georgia. But the, yeah, no, literally, Goliath over Georgia. Yeah, but I mean, the ride still looks good. I I didn't expect the new Gerslauer to be anything huge. This is about what I expected, so I'm not super excited, especially with the fact that it's at um a place that I had never planned on going to before. I I'm definitely more excited for Air Force One than this. Um, if it would have been going to Alabama Adventure, then I would have said that. Thing. But um, the ride looks great. I think that that outward flipping wave turn thing is going to be fantastic. And the hang time over the road will be really cool as well. It's going to be really good. Um, I don't think it'll be top 25 or anything. Probably not even close, but it'll be good. When I said I'm more excited for it, it's just, you know, we've known a lot about the fun spot RMC for a while. So like getting hyped for it this week was not as easy because it's like, yeah, yeah, we know all of this. Yeah, I know that. But But even like my problem is (laughs) I never planned going to this place ever. 
And this is one of those places my dad and I have always talked about, like, oh, we could go to, you know, seeing an F1 race at Circuit of the Americas would be cool. And then it's like, oh, they're putting a roller coaster in. A road trip? So, um, you know, Grand Prix coaster enthusiast F1 road trip might be happening this year because I would love to see an F1 race at Circuit of the Americas. Yeah. Um, and keeping with that, another ride that, or another park that announced a new ride, Adventureland in New York announces fireball okay i didn't know anything about this i just kind of scrolled through the articles like what huh oh nice um i'm going to look at it right now but um it it appears to be either an sns 40 freesman or a zaxman i do know that i'm not sure specifically which type but you know anytime a small park like this can expand that's solid especially when it is um especially when it's a new coaster. Even if enthusiasts won't get the most excited about it just because of the type, good to see them expanding at least. This thing is weird. Oh, is this the same type as Wilda Hilda? Yeah. Okay, that's what it is. Sorry, people. This thing is weird. I'm very intrigued just because I want to know what riding this thing would feel like. Well, now you'll get your chance if you ever go up to an adventure land in New York. I mean, I have family up there, so a good chance I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, but okay, so it turns out it's that. Um, the same type as Wilde Hilda. Who is this from? Ride Engineer Switzerland. Rollerball coaster. Um, good for them. Good to see them expanding. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how it will ride as well. Compared to yeah. 43 spins, but that that is a thing that is getting added. Yeah. This next one just makes me laugh. I have some jokes I'm going to make after we talk about what's happening. Um, Kennywood is bringing back the kangaroo. I'll let you go first, and then I'm going to be really stupid for a minute. Kind of genius to like make your fan base angry at you and then all of a sudden become their savior again when you bring back an old ride. I mean go for it kennywood i guess kind of counterintuitive but i'm sure it works to get people hyped in some way especially all the weird pittsburgh locals um good sure okay so let's let's take a little road trip back a couple years ago and apple announces the new macbook pros and they're like you know what we're getting rid of the port you get USB-C type fours you don't need anything else. You get USB-C type fours and you're going to love it and you're going to appreciate it. And then, you know, this year they're like, hey, guys, um, we're bringing ports back and you should totally like adore us and admire us and bow down to us because we're giving you your ports back. This is exactly what Kenny Wood did. They were like, hey, you see that thing you like? We're going to take it away for a bit. So you get really pissy at us and complain for a year and a half. And then we're going to give it back to you so you'll praise us and bow down and spend all of the money to come ride our flat ride and stare at our big, broken SNS roller coaster. That sound right? Sure. Good also, job, we need you to pay for our repaint because we're broke. Good, good. Nice job, Kennywood. This sounds like a Kennywood thing to do, so I'm not really surprised. It really, like, I saw, I was like, that's the most Kennywood thing ever. Yeah. Um, okay, another thing. Tobu Zoo, their wooden coaster, Regina, I think that's how it's pronounced, something like yeah. that. Uh, it is reopening. 
Um, how will it reopen? I think it's just going to be another standard wooden coaster, new trains, maybe new track. Um, good for them, I guess. This is a place that honestly, of all the places in Japan, I wasn't that interested in going to. But hey, cool. Yeah, of all the people I've talked to that have, you know, been to this place and ridden it, um, or been to Japan and been to this park, they're like, yeah, it's not that great. Um, so it's an intimate wooden coaster, so it's a rare breed. So it's kind of cool to see it come back, but it's not a prefab. So, yeah, you know. so be it. So be it. Yeah, it, I'm just looking at pictures of it now because I honestly don't know if I've ever looked at it for more than 10 minutes, like through my entire life. I think it's a knockoff CCI from the early 2000s. Yeah. So. And our last news piece, Rampage at Alabama Adventure is getting retracked. Surprise, Yay, surprise. They're, they're pouring more money into one of my favorite coasters. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Good for them. That's not surprising to me. We kind of all saw that coming. Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me. It's just like, yay, happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, ride of the week. So, I believe this was um, suggested to us from Discord, and that is to have the Wheel of Goliaths. It was. I'm going to go figure out who it was real quick. Um... It was in here. I know it was. Yes, we're doing Goliath. Uh, yeah, it was Eric, Casey Mustang. Yeah, shout out Eric. Shout out. Uh, he was like, y'all should do the Goliath. So we're going to do the four we've ridden between the two of us. Um, I've ridden all four of these. You've ridden three of them. Yeah, so that's going to be the next four weeks. And this will probably be the ride of the week that carries us through the end of the season because spoiler alert if you haven't been paying attention we've only got like six episodes left this season y'all that's right Ooh. um okay so the glass we're rolling with six flags over georgia six flags great america six flags fiesta texas and six flags magic mountain the wheel is ready spinning in three two one dun, 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 dun. and magic mountain Ah, we're starting off with my least favorite one, even though it's a really good ride. It's not good. (laughs) It is a good ride. Did you get to ride it at night? I don't care. It's a, I would, there's Twisted Colossus and X2 in the same park. Yeah, but it's still fun. Not when you got to wait 60 minutes because the operations are horrible. Oh, well, I'm I'm sorry. I had it during ERT. It's big, it's tall, and it doesn't do much. Uh, It's intense. But other than that, there's nothing there. Um. Sorry, uh, it's better than Mamba at least. But other than that, it's probably my least favorite hyper. Or, well, eh, Titan and that. Mm, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it's fine. It's there. But that park has so much better that comparatively, I don't care for it. That's fair. Um, I think I got to ride this three or four times when I was out there in 2019. Uh, I got a front row. I got a back row got night rides on it, got sunset rides on it. It was, I really enjoyed it. Of course, comparatively at Magic Mountain, <laughs> X2's in that park, enough said. Um, but overall, like, it surprised me because I think I walked in expecting it to be like one and done. This is going to be super boring ride. And I ended up enjoying it a lot more. It had some like surprisingly intense moments. The drop was just funny to me because, you know, 45 degree angle for 200 feet was just funny. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't have the greatest airtime or the greatest layout ever, but it was just kind of a f- funny ride to be on, and I had some good rides on it with some good people, so I guess that kind of redeems it. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, when you're looking at it versus the rides on the rest of this list, they're all better. When you look at it compared to most rides at Magic Mountain, they're all better. So it is like a bottom, mid to bottom tier coaster for me, but I still enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's fine, but there is so many other things that I would rather ride. So Oh yeah, no, it's mid to bottom tier hyper. There's very few hypers I would put under this. Mm-hmm. Actually... I don't know if I could. I might not be able to name a hyper I would put under this. Mamba. That that's actually yeah. There you go. There's a that's the one. Yep. Everything else I'd take over it, probably yeah. in a shocking order. But sorry, Goliath and Magic Mountain. But hey, it can only go up yeah. from here. Yeah, it can only go up from here. The real question is, um. Like, I know which one of these is my favorite, so it's going to be, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Two of these you'll see at the end of the season. Wink, wink. One of them for me. But yeah, so that's right of the week. Time for Halftime Report. Some fantasy football. Yeah, we've um, got two weeks to go over because we were lazy last week. Oh, we do. That's right. Hold on. Yeah. I gotta go find it too, cause okay. okay. Starting off with last week, um, me versus your dad. Your dad came out with a close win. Um, mm-hmm. Tom had a tough week. Keenan Allen and Kelsey and Fournette played well. Um, but yeah, I I didn't have many options. Julio ended up not playing. If I would have started someone else, I would have won. But so be it. Um. Thielen had a good week, as always. Gibson, Cook, obviously has a great running back duo, and Jalen Hurts did his thing as well. Um, tough one, but that's okay. I'm bouncing back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did, I'm not having a good week this week. <laughs> um, Perry versus Steven. So Perry's team showed up again, um, yep. seemingly at random, as he does. Uh, Lamar had a big week. Tyreek, Mike Evans all played well. Kittle, solid week. Cordero Patterson, nope, sorry. Cordero Patterson did not have a solid week. I was looking at the projection. Um, While over on Steven's side, Josh Allen, Mark Ingram, James Conner, Devontae Smith all did their things. Everybody else kind of let down a little bit. Um, Pretty close one. 10-point game, but Perry came in and won. Yep, Perry for the win. Then we got Allison versus you, sir. Yeah, my team's just not been... I had a couple of my kicker last week got screwed up. I uh, and who else was it? Um, Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Yeah. Tough. I was also in the midst of trying to surprise everyone last week. So. Yeah, but um, Herbert had a down week. McCaffrey and Carter played well. Same with James Robinson. But Allison's team is just on a roll. Jonathan Taylor yeah. is carrying. Debo Samuel. Samuel. Yeah, Mark Andrews. Um, she, she, her team is just really good this year the nashville hot chicks are hot Mm -hmm. and then we got bryant versus grant this one literally came down into the decimals Mm -hmm. bryant won um yep daryl williams 30.5 to 130.18 yeah bryant had three players go basically for 30 uh so that was huge for him 
Grant had Justin Jefferson and Ezekiel Elliott play well. Devontae Adams did his thing. Dearness Johnson had a big week. Very close, but Bryant came out on top. And our last matchup from Week 10 will be Marcus versus my dad. And Marcus comes up big because all of my dad's running backs are hurt. Um, Henry the narrative. is out. Henry is out. Who else was it? Was it... I don't remember. Another one of his running backs is hurt, I believe, as well. Um, your, also, your dad also Hopkins didn't start Mahomes. Well, yeah, but he played Prescott, who did good as well. Yeah, um, but did you look at Mahomes' score last week? I mean, yeah, but he, he did make the overall better decision because Prescott played Atlanta. Um, yeah, that's true, but... Yeah, Prescott had a good week. Everybody else, it was tough. Well, for Marcus, pretty much everybody played well. Carr, Eckler, Swift, Brown, Cup. Um, Goddard and Henderson kind of let down, but the Colts defense did well as well. Good for Marcus. Quick win. And now to week 11. Over we in week 11, with... we'll save one matchup for last. Yep. Um, Grant versus Steven. Grant, big win. Won by 40-plus. Jefferson. There you go. There's a score. Yeah. Justin Jefferson had a big week. Same with Devontae Adams. Gaskin, solid. Steven, James Conner did good. Chubb did good. Allen was eh. But, uh, yeah, it, it's tough when you have two receivers who go for 30-plus. Yep. Um, Perry and Marcus. Marcus running away with this one. Yeah. Um, Cam Newton had a good week. Perry, smart pickup. Tyreek Hill again. Big week as well. He still has Mike Evans playing tonight. But Austin Eckler drops 42, and DeAndre Swift drops 22. That is tough to beat. Yeah. Literally, Marcus's winning margin is Eckler. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Bryant, tough one. Only put up 73 points. Ben is going to come away with this one. Hey, Bryant, you're not undefeated against Lathrop men anymore. Huh? Yeah, Jalen Hurts, big week. Cook big week, Thielen big week. Wow, Bryant, it is it is just a struggle. Um, Stefan Diggs and Waller played well, but other than that, tough. Yeah. And continuing, what might be the most like the hot streak versus the person who was unstoppable the first half of the season. Allison yeah. has run away with it uh, and pretty much flattened your dad. He still has good, or yeah, still has one person to play tonight, but it's over. Um, it's over. You're yeah, dead. my my poor dad's fantasy team was getting destroyed by injuries. He had no Hopkins, no Henry. He had to start McKissick and Adrian Peterson as his running backs. Um, Mahomes did horrible. Jalen Waddle was the only one who performed. Well, Allison has Jonathan Taylor, who scored five touchdowns, and Terry McLaurin. So, yeah, that's okay. He's still going to end up in first place, I think. No, yeah. Right, no. Actually, no, it's going to be tied. Or actually, Allison's going to take the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our last this matchup, is, me versus Jack. I just before we move on to our matchup, I just have to say when we were pitching this fantasy idea, Allison was like, "I don't know what I'm doing. I'll lose. I'll have to do the punishment." Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, she had a. She she's gone crazy this year. Um yeah. me versus Jack. So right now Jack is winning, but I still have Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette left. So it's looking like I'm gonna win because I am only down by fifteen. Um and yep. I you know, still having your QB. Um 
we'll see how it finishes. But Keenan Allen and Travis Kelsey played well for me. Herbert McCaffrey played well for him. I should have started Mixon. Yeah, but you didn't. L. I didn't. Um. So yeah, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, this like, pr- like looking at it now, it, like projections say you've got the win, but it could be different. So I mean, we've seen stuff happen before, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. much willing to say you're going to win because probably it's Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. I'm screwed. I'm pretty much royally screwed. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm just gonna go ahead and say congratulations now. That's right. Um, yeah. That's halftime report, but of a longer one because we had to go through two weeks, but so be yep. it. Um, listener questions. Yeah, so like real quick, so a bunch of these, there's just two of these. If it's a questioner question related to anything, this is how we roll, or you asked, like it be asked of Taylor, it's down at the bottom of the other question list. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so only two, two listener questions this week. Mm-hmm. So, this first one is just for you. Oh, do you want me to read it? I don't care. Okay. Since you lied last time and didn't officially answer, what are two things you like about Jack? And this is from Bryant in direct relation to the fact that on the podcast two weeks ago, when this question was initially asked, Chris lied saying he was happy I wouldn't be at Stumble. But we both knew. There's outtakes. If you want to hear the outtakes of me hysterically laughing as this question was being asked the first go round, join the discord. You can find it in there. It's entertaining. If you ask me, so Chris. Um, okay. Well, I like the fact that, that I'm not going to see you for the rest of the year. That's a good one. Oh, that's so for sad, one. right? No, not at all. I, I at love all. that. I'm not going to see you for the rest of the year. Um, what's another thing. That's tough. I like the fact that my universal pass is expiring so that I don't have to go back with you when you come back. Oh, that's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, that's my two things, Brian. You're welcome. You're never going to get him to actually say something nice about me, even if he has those feelings, which I don't think he does. No, I don't. Um, But yeah. Bryant, screw you. Um, <laughs> not like he's replacing you later tonight or anything. Yeah, not at all. Um, anyways, from Grant, with many modern steel coasters coming up on the end of their life cycles, which of them do you think will be scrapped and which will undergo major refurbishments and why? Coasters to keep in mind, Nemesis, Kumba, uh, some of the Batman clones, Rougarou, Firebird, Vortex. So he's talking so about B&M. B&M's, yeah, I was going to say. Um, all of the ones with ball joints, their days are numbered. Um, I would say with ones like Nemesis and Kumba, my hope is that if they absolutely need refurbishment, they will get it. Because, you know, they're good. Um, but I don't know. We've only seen one B&M be scrapped before, I think, which was Dueling Dragons. And the ride that replaced it was 10 times better, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a tough question. It seems like they last 
Um, so who knows when that point will come? I guess you can't really have an answer until we see that. Yeah, um, I think like coasters will eventually reach the end of their lifespan. That's something we're going to have to come to terms with. Um, and it just comes down to in the park's mind, is it worth refurbishing an old ride? Or do you just rip it out and put something new in its spot to like re-energize it? And I think it's just going to come down to the ride. Like, you know, Nemesis Kumba, those two are iconic. And it would be hard to imagine Alton Towers or Busch Gardens Tampa without those rides in some capacity. Um, but then like a ride like Rougarou, tear that thing out and put something better in its place, please. Yeah, I think it just depends on the ride, really, in my opinion. If it's iconic, it's probably not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So that's going to do it for that bit of listener questions. So we're going to jump over into our interview with Mr. Taylor Bybee from Coaster Studios. And we're going to talk about this is how we roll. Okay, so now we're here and I'm joined by Bryant for the rest of the show because Chris had to drop out to do something else. So Bryant, how are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Doing good. You have replaced Chris. How do you feel about that? Listen, if I can take the job permanently, I mean, I don't think he'll let you do that. It's like but uh, you, when you uh, two can fight in when Lil Gehrig uh, took over for Wally Pip and he didn't give up the job for you know another oh. twelve years. So well, never know. You and Chris can fight this one out, and I'll just sit back and watch. But for the rest of the night, we're also joined by Taylor from Coaster Studios. How's it going? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Excited to be here. Doing good. So we've had, it's been about a year since we've had you on the show, Taylor. Yeah, I remember. A, yeah, a lot's happened since that. You kind of released a documentary. It, yeah, that, that is a true statement. Uh, it was, it's been quite the year. Uh, there's no denying that. Yeah. Been fun though. I've, I have had a blast with everything. Awesome. Well, before we, we're, we're going to talk a lot about the documentary because that's what people want to hear. So I've been pestered about in the Discord server and all that. But before that, IAPA. You just read yeah. IAPA. So we're going to talk about that because we're all nerds and we like IAPA. So, yeah, if you've never been before, uh, this is the big industry trade show that happens every year. It didn't happen last year because of COVID. But so this has been two years since the last IAPA. And so for me, this was like a great way of like reconnecting with a lot of like industry friends. And uh, also, you know, there's always big announcements and everything going on. So we got two uh, big roller coaster unveilings with uh, Air Force One and Palindrome and a lot of other fun stuff. It was uh, great to be back there. Awesome. Do you have a favorite thing from the show? Um. There were some really cool things on the on the trade show floor. I mean, the one that everyone was talking about most was, of course, the Axis car that SNS brought. Yeah, that, that was sweet. so cool to see, like just so sleek looking. Uh, but there were a lot of fun stuff. There was a full sized animatronic T Rex on the show floor. There was a drop tower that you can drop by someone like swings a hammer, and then like that's how you fall. There was also a drop tower that Zamperla was showing. That's for like a families and you pump the bar to get it to rise higher and then you let go in order to drop um that was interesting didn't work as well as i was probably hoping but it was still a, a fun concept we saw we got to experience what was called like a dreamscape which is this concept for lazy rivers where they can uh, create a covering and then use projection mapping lasers and fog to 
put you in this themed environment as you're like, you know, doing your basic lazy river stuff. So uh, that was super cool. I'd love to see that somewhere. I know it's just limited options because it sort of has to be at night in order to do that. And I don't know how many water parks are open late, but it was still really cool. There were a lot of just fun stuff and uh, also food galore. Lots of how many pretzels did you consume? Oh, so many. Dude, these were the best soft pretzels I've ever had in my life. I had so many of them, and I have no regrets. I would have more if I could. <laughs> I saw you post about those, and it's like, okay, I can get past all of like the roller coaster unveilings and all the rides that are there, but the food—that's my dude. Free dipping dots, free mini melts, like free popcorn. That uh, was... beaver tails are normally there. Beaver tails were not there this year, but I found out so that these pretzels that are like incredible. They have them. I found this out. They have them at Holiday World. So, well, it's called ben, Ben's Soft away. Pretzels. I will be uh, right Dude, back. Look, look out for them. I don't even know where in the park they are, but Ben's Soft Pretzels are at Holiday World. Go get it. It's seriously the best soft pretzel ever. Biggest uh, question of this whole interview Did they have spoons for the Dippin' Dots? They did. In fact, they were edible. With edible spoon. spoons. What? <laughs> yeah, for Dippin' Dots. That was their new thing they were trying out this year. Honestly, though, not a fan. I didn't think they tasted very what good. What was that? What yeah. was it like? Like, is it like sugar? Or? It's like, yeah, it was almost like a little cookie, but it was like in the shape of a spoon. And then oh. you just eat the spoon whenever you're done. But it wasn't, it didn't like taste good. It was just like there. So, huh. I didn't even finish the full spoon. I took a couple bites and I was like, I don't like this. Huh. So I just threw it away. Huh. It was a fun That's... concept, but I think they got to adjust their flavor. That's interesting. Like, I'm interested to like try that eventually, even if it, Hopefully, it, like tastes better at some point. But... Reminds me of a yeah. It wasn't an upcharge different. or anything. You just like grab it. So I'm sure that they'll be if they're successful, then they'll roll them out at other dip and dot stands. Hmm. Edible dip and dots. Okay, there you go. There's the. You just say edible dip and dots. <laughs> dip and dots were already edible. <laughs> I said edible dip and dot spoons. Okay. All right. Still the ice cream <laughs> of the future, sure. baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> well and then you know all of the fun leading up to an after i app because there was that thing called stumble and then just yeah it seems to get more this year from people i've talked to it sounds like it was a little more low-key than in the past although that sounds that was probably to be expected with covid yeah um the show floor was a little smaller than normal there are some vendors that are not usually there. Like in terms of manufacturers, like I know Mondial wasn't there and neither was Mauer. A lot of the booths were smaller. Like the Intamin booth was probably half the size that it normally is. Um, booths like GCI and Mock Rides were the same as they usually are. RMC was maybe a little smaller. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of energy on the show floor, even though there weren't a, as many announcements as there usually were. Uh, the quality of announcements was still great. And as usual, being there gets me excited for the future because there's even the even with COVID, there's still a lot of really cool stuff coming out. Yeah. Well, on the palindrome, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, this is like a nothing park. Like there's there's not much to it. Literally, if you type it in and in maps, it doesn't pop up. Like it's it's so new mm -hmm. and has so little, and they're getting a Gerslauer Infinity Coaster. Like that's unbelievable. Well, and for me, like the cherry on top is it's it's at Circuit of the Americas. So excuse to finally go see an F one race at Circuit of the Americas. Hey, there you go. 
Yeah, I I'm I know I'll go. That that's gonna be a pretty cool ride. And that is a top ten name. That is so so it's genius. It's so clever. I love it. It's the grand so English nerd good. in me is like, oh, why hasn't anyone thought of it's this before? It's brilliant. I know. Yeah, they could have gone like with so many like unoriginal names, but that one was like you just knocked it out of the park with that name. I hope they named the trains yeah, like fantastic. Otto and Hannah or. Oh, so that'd be funny. Like that, right? Race car. Funny. Race car. Race car. Yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> that's so, like, that's perfect. That would be great. Maybe that, that'll that all be theming in the queue. It's just, like, different palindromes. <laughs> it's going to be, like, cardboard cutouts with, like, dictionary definitions on it. Just in the <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, it was cool. It was cool. That kind of hits on IAPA. We'll get to the main event now. There's a documentary called This Is How We Roll that you had some form of involvement with. I'm not entirely sure what you did with it, but... I may have had something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, um, So when I was uh, about to graduate college as, as a senior capstone, we have to do this big project and it's actually very flexible what you can do and uh so a lot of people were making short films or something it's basically just to show that everything you've learned throughout your four years of college has been put to good use and so um i enjoy doing documentaries i had done you know some smaller ones with uh kentucky kingdom i did one on king's dominion a while ago and some like some shorts and so I said I want to do something else like that. And I didn't have a ton of ideas. Uh, originally, I was thinking maybe a, a piece on Alan Shoki could be pretty cool. But what that ended up evolving into was what about just RMC overall? And I had met the people at RMC. I'd been up to their facility. I went in 2017. And I had seen them at IAPA. But I wasn't really close to them. Uh, I think they knew who I was, but you know, not really. And so I sent a pitch email to Amy, who's Fred's daughter and said, you know, I kind of explained the whole thing and was like, what do you think about this idea? And she was just so enthusiastic about it was saying, this is, you know, we've been wanting a documentary made about us. And like, we feel that, you know, this is be a great way to do it. We think that you'd be the right person to tell the story. And, and that was like crazy. Cause you know, she mentioned there'd been like TV stations or something that had the same sort of idea, but they turned them down because they didn't think that they'd be able to do the story justice. And they said yes to this little email I sent. It was like, it was insane. So at that point I was like, all right, well now I can't screw this up. <laughs> so, um, uh, it was, it was at that point it went from the crazy idea to how can we actually make this happen? And so, um, I got, uh, uh, two friends of mine, Scott Schaefer and Sarah Anderson, on board, and the three of us went around the country filming this thing. Um, there are a couple of shoots I, I did off on my own. Like I went out to like Du Bois, where Fred grew up, like Middle Nowhere, Wyoming, and like did a couple of stuff. But for the most part, the three of us just traveled around, like filming everything, get, getting as much footage of the different rides and interviewing the people who were involved with it. And uh, we had so much footage that we realized that this project is a lot bigger than we initially thought. And this, there's no way this could be done in 40 minutes. Like the story is too big. And so, and the final product actually ended up being about double that. And 
absolutely thrilled with how it turned out. Couldn't have, yeah, it was, it was insane. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, and I remember when you announced this, I think it was, was it that keys to the kingdom? It was. Yeah. We announced it. Um, yeah, I started working on it in like January, February of 2020 and then actually announced it in August. So I've been working on it for like six months, had already filmed a bunch of stuff. Like when we had been out to the RMC facility, we'd interviewed people like Marcus LaShock and Anna Bryan and some of the folks down at Six Flags uh, over Texas. And uh, but we didn't really tell anyone that we were doing this until we knew that we were going to like, you know, uh have stuff to show because originally the thought was, Oh, we'll try and get it out by the end of the year in 2020. Well, as we started filming this, we're like, there's no way that is going to be able to happen. So then at keys, the game, we're like, all right, how about coming next year? Yeah. And then, well, COVID didn't help either. We, we, we all know that. No. Yeah. Cause originally the idea, you know, I was supposed to go to Europe in 2020. And so one of the ideas was, Oh, we'll interview Vacoma because they are the salespeople for, rmcs in europe they they do you know they're they're responsible for why we have like wildfire and uh untamed to this day and so you know it, it also include like interviewing some people from those parks and obviously that whole trip never ended up happening so so there there are a lot of things that kind of uh threw wrenches and things six flags magic man ended up being closed for like an entire year so we basically couldn't get anything from that park so we had to rely on old footage and material for places like that so we were almost trying to film this thing based around what was open and what would allow us to do any filming at all yeah and then through all that though it kind of like i know you and i've talked about it off air uh like through this whole process the story you really didn't like know where you wanted to take it at some points did you Mm -mm, no so i've been telling people the biggest miracle about this whole project was stunt pilot the entire ride uh it didn't exist up until probably it was announced two weeks after our first rmc shoot so we had done all these all the big interviews with the key people at rmc and none of us knew about stunt pilot and then when we were at silverwood you know we we hear like some subtle things that imply that there might be a raptor in silverwood's future we're like oh cool but we didn't think it was gonna be like next year you know at this point it's almost september a lot of parks have already announced they're new for 2021 rides and so you know we we leave and a week and a half or two weeks later silverwood says yeah we're building stunt pilot an rmc raptor and we didn't really have much of a heads up again we knew we we heard that it might happen but we didn't know when and so when they announced that it was like oh my gosh like this could not have been better and so like i immediately i remember texting like scott and sarah being like this is like the best thing that could have ever happened to this project because you know it's not the biggest the tallest the fastest ride but it's going at the place where fred got started and they're getting to build a ride in their backyard like that's that's unbelievable and and now that we know fred is retired like he literally went out with a bang like this was like he got to build a, a ride that uh he can experience and and he can show all of his friends and family whenever he wants like that's so cool it's really poetic it really is like because that was really it's like the perfect arc which 
if you haven't seen the documentary, first of all, link is going to be in the description. You should go watch it like right now because it's awesome. Um, but like the whole story with how the doc or like the doc follows is it starts at Silverwood and it ends at Silverwood and it's just super poetic and I love that about it. Yeah, we and, and the teams at Silverwood were incredible to work with. Like they were so supportive. They let us go nuts with filming everything. And we, so we we had a blast there. I mean, we were putting cameras everywhere, uh flying the drone around, uh getting in footage from backstage areas. Like it was it was absolutely fantastic. And then likewise, you know, the teams at RMC were uh un- unbelievable with making this this project happen. Um pretty much anything that we wanted to showcase, you know, we, you know, we explain all these different ideas that we had and they're like, all right, let's see how we can make that happen. So yeah, uh, we end up doing three big shoots out in Idaho. Uh, we, so there was the shoot in, at the end of August in 2020, that was the original shoot. And then we went back in April to film stunt pilot when it was under construction. You know, the whole idea is we want to film track going up. We want to see the ride when it is like half built so that we can get footage of this is what, the people at RMC do they build rides and then we went for the grand opening of stunt pilot and that was really cool too because they had this big party where they brought all of the RMC people out because so many of them are just working in the shops all day they don't actually get to go out and experience some of their attractions and so for many of them this was their first ride and that was really cool to see that actually uh brings up one of my questions like did RMC, um, I mean, you don't need to name specifics, but was there anything they told you not to include, or did you pretty much just have free reign to do whatever you wanted? There were a couple small things, yeah. Um, obviously, we couldn't include anything about rides that hadn't been announced yet. So, or I mean, yeah, we, that we, says we magic knew Mountain. Magic Mountain. <laughs> yeah. No, right, right, right. So, so um, when we were filming the doc, most of the Raptor track that you see in the dock is for magic mountain. There are a couple stunt pilot pieces in there, but for the majority of it, whenever they're building Raptor track, uh, you can see the S F M M on it. And so we knew about that one way in advance. Uh, we, we knew about the fun spot coaster before it was announced, you know? Um, so there were, there were things that we were, you know, trying to be strategic about filming, trying not to get those letters in the shot and everything, which ended up really not being a big deal because if you notice most of the time that we're filming the factory, we're filming the people in the factory and the track is just what they happen to be working on, you know? So it wasn't that big of a deal, but yeah, there were a couple things here and there that they were a little particular about, but for the most part, um, you know, I like, we're going through blueprints. And I'm like, can I get a shot of this? And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, it, this is a ride that at this point has been out for years. And so they're like, yeah, go ahead. So it was, a. Uh, it was it was awesome. We were we were very thrilled with uh, their involvement. So they absolutely played a huge part in uh, making sure that this you know was was accurately depicting the company as well as isn't going to upset any parks or anything. Yeah, that's awesome. And I got to just mention it because it's come up. We've all heard heard the story about someone that finding out the theme of a particular raptor. Uh, how, <laughs> would you would you mind telling that story for the people just so I can laugh at it a couple more times? Yeah, yeah. So um, when we were at our first shoot for the doc, Amy, I guess, told Scott and Sarah the theme for Magic Mountain's Raptor. 
and yeah, so we all know it's it's Wonder Woman. And at the time, I mean, I probably should have been able to figure that out. It's Six Flags. Like, of course, they're going to theme it to Wonder Woman again. But um, I, I had no idea. For, some, for whatever reason, I was not there for that conversation. And so Sarah's kind of rubbing it in my face like, hey, hey, I know and you don't. And this is we're we're talking about this as we're going to our Airbnb. And so uh, I have the code to open the door. And so I just stand stand at the door blocking blocking and saying nope i'm not letting you in until you tell me the theme and so it turns into this whole ordeal and the next door neighbors like come out and they're like can you guys keep it down and we're like sorry so we have to go in and she won't say anything and so like you know i i forget about it fine time goes on and then we're in the car driving somewhere and um we're talking about something i'm like oh yeah and wonder woman golden lasso and she's like yeah now that's not even gonna be the only wonder woman and i'm like Ah, so Wonder Woman, and she's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so yeah, I found out anyways, but it was you know it's fine. Like we're not trying to screw over anyone from RMC or anything. So whenever we found out anything that you know is not publicly revealed, we don't we don't talk about it. You know, we we want to keep a good relationship with them. That's really important to us, and so uh, we know how to keep our mouth shut. Yeah, uh, yeah, noise that, violations in Idaho. That 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 never happened again. Oh, I know. Yeah. Never. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The documentary. There was never, never again. No, <laughs> no noise no. violation in Idaho. <laughs> that, um, Keep that, that under wraps. <laughs> oh, geez, that was funny. So I, I think, well, like one of like the most like shocking aspects, I think, probably for anyone that watched it, was just how insane both Alan, but really Fred's lifestyle is. How much of that mm-hmm. did you know before you started working on the project? Well, I had no idea that Fred had almost died like <laughs> a million times. And so, I, I, well, Fred had to almost die for that. Yeah, literally, it's like, all right, every RMC, how did Fred almost die making this ride? So, how many helicopter crashes have you been in? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the way it's, it's oh, well, he's uh, two, he crashed two helicopters. Um, Actually, that's that's funny. Before I, I go into, I'll tell you that that second story because you know if you watch the doc, you can hear about how he crashed the one helicopter. Here's how he crashed the second one. Uh, he built a homemade helicopter. It was like a kit. It's called like a gyrocopter or something. And so he like assembled it himself and then took off and realized he didn't know how to land it. And so he's like, "Oh, this this has the potential to crash." So what he did was so they wouldn't burst into flames he just flew around in circles to cycle all of the fuel out so it wouldn't like burst into flames and then he's uh getting getting close to the bottom and and silverwood used to be like an airport and because that's like right near his house and everything it's almost like a landing strip and so he uh, more or less crashes the helicopter at silverwood <laughs> <laughs> and and survived I love that story. What a legend. Yeah, it's insane. But well, the the whole thing that we we found out is like, you know, we we're interviewing a lot of the different employees and so we'd be asking them, what do you think about this person? What do you think about that person? So, you know, one of the questions we just ask people is, do you have any Fred stories? And that's how we started getting little bits and pieces. As someone would say, "Well, I know he did this." And we're like, "What?" And then he like explains it. We're like, "Whoa, hold on. We got got go talk to someone else about this." And so, then we just start connecting the dots and hearing the same stories from multiple people. And so we were able to figure out, "Okay, what are the big stories here that we need to 
focus on. And so one person says, yay, Crash the Snowmobile doing this. And so we go up to someone and we're like, did you hear about the story where Fred crashed the snowmobile? And they're like, oh, yeah, he was doing this. And then we go to Fred. And by the time we do his interview, we have like eight stories that we need to ask him about. <laughs> and so that's really how it all happened. And so that's why we were able to cut back and forth between everyone is because we were just having everyone kind of explain what they know about uh, these different key moments throughout Fred's life. And it's just absolutely insane. Do you have a favorite Fred story that didn't make the cut? Yes, I do. Um, Fred saved a girl's life when he was in high school, or I think it was high school. It might've been like after, uh, uh, you know, like when he, I know he didn't go to college, but probably like college age. Um, I don't remember, but he was in Dubois with a girl and they're sitting in their car, like at a lake and something happens to the car. I don't know if I got put in neutral or whatever. And the car goes in the water and, uh, and the, and the girl he's with is like, like trapped and he so he like goes in and like pulls the girl from the car and like saves her life wow it's like insane um and that story did not make the cut because there wasn't really a way to work it in and we had to be picky with what stories we were going to include and so we decided to follow the trend of fred like hurting himself in ridiculous ways but that story like i just, it just blew my mind i i heard that story from uh, his brother danny who i went out and visited in dubois and i was like oh my gosh in retirement, he should just replace the the Dosa Keys guy. He's he's literally the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so and that's Fred, and then Alan just has always seemed crazy to me. I mean, the man designed X two. That's enough to tell me he is insane. But he's just also just nuts, like dirt bikes and skiing and all of that. Like, what was your favorite like Alan story from the whole thing? Well. I mean, we didn't ask about Alan as much as we did Fred. You know, we want to keep the focus on Fred here and because and Fred is synonymous with RMC. Uh, you know, that's his baby. Uh, Alan was, uh, you know, Alan and Fred were absolutely put together to, to make this all happen. Uh, but we didn't want to take away from, you know, Fred in the, in the spotlight there. But yes, Alan absolutely has a lot of... Um, kind of crazy stuff. I mean, those dirt biking shots that you see of him in the, in the dock, that is his backyard in the middle of nowhere, Utah. He built a dirt bike course and it has wave turns. Like Alan Shokey's dirt bike course has wave turns. <laughs> it's like, it's so ridiculous. So, um, it's poetic. That's what it is. He's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, you look at it and you're like, well, yeah, of course Alan designed this. Um, he, when we filmed that, Afterwards, he was like, do you want to hop on? And I've, I've never done a dirt bike in my life. And so I got to go dirt biking for my first time with Alan Shokey. I absolutely crashed. I totally wiped out. I like hit a hill or something, didn't know how to recover. And I flew over the handlebars and cut my wrist open. And I was like bleeding like crazy. I still have the scar to this day. It's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, uh, Alan's Alan's awesome. Uh in his interview, we asked him like some of the, about some of the crazy activities that he likes to do to kind of you know keep that adrenaline rush um, theme going. You know that we heard about with all of the other interviews, and that's kind of what inspired uh, the whole skiing sequence with Alan. Is we want to be able to show someone from RMC out doing you know this sort of thing, living their life to the fullest. You know, Alan is not a young dude, but here he is doing what he loves, and he's 
He's a freaking good skier. That's for sure. I had a hard time keeping up and I thought I was pretty good, but I am not like Alan Shoki good. I went skiing for the first time this year and I was like, okay, I get it. I have an appreciation. And I watched him skiing. I was like, the man is a God on skis. He's fast. Yeah. He, I mean, we went to snow basin, which is a pretty, you know, big deal yeah. ski resort. And Oh man. I mean, I'd been there before, so I was familiar with the course, but I mean, there were some points where there's some pretty steep hills. And so I am not going down them at full speed. I, I've, you know, uh applying some brakes mm-hmm. as i'm going down he called me a snow plow because oh, i kick up snow from 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 breaking as i'm uh uh going down because i you know i if i start going too fast i'm gonna start getting uh all wobbly and i'm gonna wipe yep. out I, and for the record i never once wiped out when skiing with him so i didn't embarrass myself or anything i was able to keep my composure but that being said i did almost crash into him uh i had to i had to in order to get all the shots i had put a gopro on the end of a ski pole and so I'm half paying attention to skiing. I'm half paying attention to getting a good shot. And at one point, I definitely almost crashed into him. But crisis was averted. It was all good. That's great. Okay, this is. Do you know how long his skis are? Just out of I, like, just out of curiosity. Oh, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I'm I'm a roller coaster enthusiast. I like skiing here and there, but I'm not an expert. <laughs> They have to be massive. They have to be like 155 at least. It's me. People who don't ski, the longer you ski, the faster you go. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they're 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 up there. I've yeah. never. Yeah, he was he was life, he was so. excellent. It's it's so great. Highly recommend it's, it. Also, my favorite uh, cut in the entire documentary is when you were like, "Yep, and you can cover yep. me in snow if you want." <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Yeah, so this was, I mean, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with this shot. I filmed the skiing shot before the Fred watering his, you know, motor, washing his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was just, you know, trying to think of different shots. Again, I was like, hey, Alan, I'm going to lie here in the snow with the camera. Can you come down the hill and just shoot up a bunch of snow in the camera's face? And he's like, okay, sure. Like, no one ever asked you to do that. And so he covered me in snow and it was pretty funny. It was super cold, but I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this shot. And then, um, you know, we had visited Fred's house and he's getting to spend time with uh, his granddaughters. Like I, here I am imagining like, Oh, the average grandfather would be doing puzzles with them or maybe playing games in the yard. And here he is like, all right, hop on this four wheeler. Just don't go on the highway. Like, <laughs> So anyways, he's like washing off his motorcycle and Scott got this really awesome shot of like the water going on. And so um, I don't even remember how it happened, but I just thought to put the two together. And it was like it was like the most perfect thing ever. I remember showing Scott and he's like, you got to get rid of that cut. It's so cheesy. I'm like, what? You didn't like that? He's like, no, I'm totally kidding. It was the greatest thing ever. (laughs) That was like genuinely one of my favorite scenes in the documentary for sure. But um, yeah, and I I just like it because I. I like the juxtaposition between uh, explaining the the getting a thrill from a roller coaster and then getting a thrill from something that puts you in potential actual danger. Uh, I I just think that that's super interesting. You know how how different people get that adrenaline rush. These people spend all this time doing dirt biking and wakeboarding and stuff, these extreme sports, and then they channel that energy into their rides. I mean, Raptors mm-hmm. in and themselves are inspired by dirt bikes. It makes perfect sense when you think about it. 
So yeah, like one of like three of my most favorite parts of the documentary was one, the score, two, the song, and three, the credits. They were all phenomenal. So I was just wondering, how did you discover John, Johan, and Tim respectively? And consequently, how did you know their respective talents would be so perfect for the doc? So I met Johan first, and this was an accident. I was in line for wings at Flags of Magic Mountain next to Full Throttle, and he comes up to me and says, hey, I'm a big fan of your work, and we just start chatting. And uh, I, I find out that he's like a music producer in Hollywood. I'm like, whoa. And I mean, we, we didn't chat for too long. You know, he was with a group. I was with the group. And so um, it was a fairly brief conversation. But, uh, you know, we, we followed each other on social media. And so we, we'd see each other um, pop up in our feeds every, every now and then. And so one day he shot me an email saying, hey, I have some downtime I'm just, you know, asking around to see if anyone has any projects or anything. Do you know of anything going on? I was like, um, you know, I'm going to be doing a documentary at some point. It'd be pretty cool to have an original song for it. And so he was like, yeah, I'd be totally down. And, you know, some time goes by and I follow up and I'm like, hey, are you still interested about this? And he's like, yeah. And so I say, I would love for the song to be called This Is How We Roll. And this is before I even knew that the documentary would be called that. I just knew that this was like RMC's slogan. And so I said, I really like this mentality. I want the song to kind of follow this idea and concept. But don't mention anything about roller coasters. You know, let's not be cheesy here. And so he's like, I got you. And so he sends me like a couple concept, like beats and different things. And, um, you know, I kind of pick like what sort of vibe we're going for and uh, we wanted to make something that was upbeat and feel good. And so uh, we, he came up with, uh, he worked in This Is How We Roll and had this really kind of poetic song about like never growing old and, you know, living life to the fullest. And it was really cool. I remember, I think I received that in probably March of 2020. The documentary came out in October of 2021. So I was sitting on that song for almost a year and a half. And I had no idea how I was going to work it in. But eventually, I was like, thinking about, you know, how, uh, what would be cool for credits, I came across this guy on Instagram called Trackmaker, and everyone should go follow this guy. He's so talented. His name is Tim. I've never met him. He's from Germany, but we, we had several calls about this. I pitched this idea to him on Instagram about doing some end credits because he had these really creative ideas about doing roller coasters in a themed environment based off whatever the theme is for the ride. And so I, I told him, I was like, I want you to design every single RMC that they have ever built. He's like, that's a huge project. And uh, to animate the whole thing, it's, you know, a lot of time. So we start talking about this in probably May or April of 2020. And that was one of the last things that was finished for the doc. It was like right before it came out. And so you and I were texting was like the week before and you were like, the credits are still not done. And I have no idea dude, if it will be done in time for Idaho. I was so stressed. I'm like, like the Idaho premiere was like days away and I didn't have the final credits. And I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be done in time. I, that was the, that was a big stress point. It turned out phenomenal. 
Uh, I was so thrilled with that. And then um, as for, for John, who is our composer, I had worked with him through uh, Save My Park. And so um, I, I had, he was fantastic to work with for this documentary. And so I said, I would love to bring you back to do this. And he was just absolutely on board. He's an enthusiast. He's so talented. And this was a lot more music to do than Save My Park. It's about double the length. And the big idea with this one is I said, I want to have a different theme for each of the big roller coasters that we're going to highlight in the documentary. And I want it to kind of mimic, again, the, the theme of the ride, much like the end credits. So Lightning Rod is very 50s. Uh, Wonder Woman is very superhero-esque. Um, Goliath feels like massive and godlike. So we really had fun kind of coming up with all these different ideas for for what uh, the roller coaster should sound like and what sort of um, feeling we want to evoke from people. And uh, the score is just absolutely brilliant. I mean, anyone who watches the end of the doc and isn't like almost in tears from like how like the music that he's done with it, like it's, it's just like the full package. It absolutely made it. My favorite little motif for no particular reason is what's playing while all of the shots of dead lightning rod are happening. That's my favorite <laughs> motif from the entire bit. No particular reason. I wonder why. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, it was really fun coming up with all these different um, things. And um, and I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, on. Give me a second. I had something. You better cut this. Um, <laughs> what do I look on. like? I An editor? <laughs> hold on. I had something. It was on the tip of my tongue. Um, uh, da -da -da -da. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know that he's done a good job when I find myself riding one of the roller coasters in the documentary. And as we're going through the layout, I'm like humming the music that's playing of it, like during the documentary. Like I'm, a, I'm there riding New Texas Giant. I'm like, da, 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 like, <laughs> just like humming to the whole thing. It's like so funny. But that's how, you know, it's like it totally gets stuck in your head. It's great. Stunt pilot that night after the premiere. That's all I was thinking in my head when I was on that ride. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I was thinking about my tie is continuing to hit my face. This hurts. <laughs> Why do you think I wore a bow tie? <laughs> yeah, you were the smart one. Smart but man. also, how long did it take you to tie that bow tie? Okay. In my defense, I knew I was going to be on camera, so I want it to be absolutely perfect. And anyone who ties bow ties, because first of all, I ain't going to wear a stupid clip on. I'm going to tie my own bow ties. But you know that when you get a real bow tie, it's not going to look like a clip-on, you know, because it's it it has flavor to it. You can't just uh, have a a perfect bow tie, like you know, it has imperfections to it. So I was trying to make it as perfect as possible. I want to hear your sass. <laughs> I mean, I it to his good. No, to your credit, it did look really good. It's yeah, just can you the rest tie of a bow tie, Jack? I cannot. Can you tie a bow tie? I can't even. Tie? I can't I even want to, to have somebody else do his tie for him before that night. I did. All right. It was regular and then tie. you have you have no right to call me out on how long it no, took to I'm, get that bow tie yeah, perfect. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't. But just kind of keeping with this for just a second longer, because um, the score for this is fantastic. And Johan's song is phenomenal. I have a story to tell you later about the song that doesn't belong on the podcast, uh, mainly because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, but the in credits... I remember this was December of last year. You'd showed me and a bunch of our friends like a short, the shortcut of the doc. And you told us yeah. about the end credits. 
And I went and I found the guy on Instagram. And for the rest of the year, I was just stalking anytime he posted like one screen grab from it. I was like, I know what that's for. You're like, wow, he's been posting a lot of RMC pictures. I wonder why. Because <laughs> I asked him to make one for every RMC. It, yeah, that was one of the biggest like kept secrets of the documentary is we didn't tell anyone about the end credits or the song or any of that. Uh, we just wanted to, to be a surprise. And so, you know, when we're up there, we're just like, hey, just stay stay through to the end like don't don't leave when don't leave for the when crabs. it comes on yeah I mean, um so we had we had a lot of fun with that one again that was a huge undertaking but it uh i was i was so pleased with how it turned out yeah they so, so jack since you're plugging your contribution to the film i want to bring we... up my little part in the film yeah so this, this, this for in the drunk rider server people take pictures with him it's great Oh yeah, there's like a whole like inception going on of like eight different people screen grabbing that scene. So uh, this question is actually from Megan. Um, so how much of that opening montage like did you have pre-planned, and how much was just purely organic? That's a great question. So that opening montage was the last section of the documentary that was done, and you know it 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 doesn't take. Uh, a lot to understand that, you know, when it comes to a film, the, probably the two most important things that you want to get right is the beginning and the end. You want to hook people and then you want to pay off everything at the end. You want to have a satisfying ending. And so the ending we were thrilled with. The beginning in the early edits, it just wasn't enough. The beginning was that opening scene at the construction site. We like it because it's showing what they do like on on site and everything, but something about it, it just it was boring. And and in some test viewing, some people were saying this doesn't feel like the beginning of a documentary. Uh, it feels like it'd be a scene like later on. And so it's like, okay, what can we do here to to fix this? And so um, in you you mentioned a seventeen minute edit. The backstory of that one is uh, when we realized that this project was going to be so big and way more ambitious than we thought for the school project, we made a 17 minute shortened version that we ended up using as a proof of concept. We showed it to some parks when we were filming this as like, Hey, can you let us come to your park to film? Here's why we're doing it. Here's proof that this will work. So for that version, we had a little montage made and I was not thrilled with this montage. It was pretty much just a way to start off this little, uh, edit that we made and there wasn't a whole lot to it it was just a couple quotes from some people saying you know generic lines about their rides and so I think that this montage rubbed me the wrong way and I was kind of anti-montage for the beginning of the documentary I'm like no I I, I just because I just didn't like that montage but after this edit was pointed out that it was, you know, uh, probably not the best way of starting it off. Uh, we said, well, what, what if we could have this opening scene, but also a montage, something that was great. That's where we thought about, let's have it start with Fred. Cause I want to start with Fred, this whole thing. And so, cause the first line outside of Fred is Dan, which is who's we love Dan, but he shouldn't be the first person to appear in the documentary, you know? Um, so we, that's where, we were going through all these different versions and, and we had this moment where I was sitting in the car and I, I am just asking Fred these random questions uh, to get him to talk while we're driving to Silverwood. 
And do you like your job? Do you like your job? That was not planned at all. I, it was literally just so spontaneous. I'm just like, it just occurred to me, do you like your job? And, and his reaction is just so genuine and like wholesome. And, and what we realized is that is a great way of kicking things off because people that know who don't know who this guy is, like, do you like your job? Like, that's a simple question. Like everyone here has a job. Do you like what you do? And here's a guy that builds roller coasters for a living. So that was our way of, we have now we have a montage that we can show, here's what this guy does for a living. And so at that point I was like, okay, let's make this happen. So what we did is we took some of our favorite lines from all these interviews we had done that didn't make the cut. And there were a lot of great moments, but we wanted to kind of summarize to someone who doesn't know anything about these rides, what is this documentary gonna be about? And so we have a great line in there from, from uh, David, who's talking about how Wonder Woman is going faster than it looks, you know, it is. It looks like it's CGI sped up. And, and Marcus is talking about uh, how people uh, have no idea that Goliath is going to be as good as it is. And uh, Iron Gwazi is going to be this, you know, massive ride. Here's all these cool stats from it. And so uh, we compiled everything together. But by doing this, there were a couple holes that we needed to fill. And so what we decided to do is script a couple lines based off of lines from uh, the interview that just weren't quite right. Like maybe they were phrased wrong or they got the concept right, but they stumbled a bit. And so it just wasn't quite working. And so we kind of combined a couple of these lines and we said, let's go to some parks with some RMCs and get some people we know to say some of these moments to kind of tie it all together. So when we were at Six Flags Great Adventure, we had our friends David and Robbie uh, say a couple of these lines and we we're just giving them over and over and over again so that it sounds natural and, and none of it sounds scripted. And so then that's when Bryant and Megan come in. Uh, they were probably the last people that we filmed for the documentary. The line that we needed was we had to explain what exactly it is that RMC does. And so we had a line in there about here's how they're uh, replacing the the wood on this track and putting in this new smoother track and they can do these things that we haven't really seen before. And so that's uh, that's where you guys came in and you know we did a lot of takes, but you guys did fantastic and it, it turned out great. And now the ride's doing things that I didn't even know were possible. Exactly. Now, now tell me. <laughs> What was it like getting camera equipment into the park that day? Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is so funny. So I'm not going to lie. One of the big reasons why I even wanted to go to Six Flags New England this year was because I wanted to get different lines in front of different RMCs. And we didn't have Wicked Cyclone represented. And so it was like, okay, I want to film some people in front of Wicked Cyclone. And so uh, that was half the reason for even going to this park. And so, you know, I had the camera. I had the microphone and we get into security and they will not let me through with the microphone. And uh, me being a moron, I'd not bring a backup microphone. I didn't think I would need one. Uh, I, I should have, absolutely. I should have been more prepared, but uh, it was back in Virginia. And so I am explaining to these security people, I'm like, look, I've brought this in to the park before, which in my defense, I've brought them into other Six Flags parks before and never had an issue. And so I'm explaining, I'm like, look, it's not a weapon. We're not going to be bringing this on the ride. 
It's just for better sound quality. They're like inspecting it. And they're like, yeah, we just can't let it through because we don't allow um, tripods and monopods. And I'm like, this is a microphone. They're like, yeah, but it's like a stick shape and we just can't allow that. And so um, I carried out and I asked them to bring in the supervisor and I just explained the whole thing. I'm like, look, this is really important. And they're like, just- You had like the rules ready I to know. go on your phone. I, Cause I was it's so prepared. It's like, like we've had issues with Six Flags before. I was just like, the thing that bothered me is it's like, look, I've done my research. I know that there's nothing in the rule book about this is like, this should be allowed in. Absolutely. Like, so I pull out the Six Flags website. I'm like, look, it says that it's not here. And they're like, well, the website's outdated. And I'm like, then why are you not like- like update it so if you don't so anyway so i just explained to them and they're like fine just don't bring it on the rides and i'm like thank you so much yeah the, the head honcho was basically like i'm done with this kid just whatever let him in i know i <laughs> look i felt bad but this was really important we needed good sound i was not about to put anything in the documentary that had crappy sound especially involving yeah. me i don't want to be the worst part of the i know can you imagine yeah, that not... no that was the dirt <laughs> on my camera lens which we yeah, were able to digitally now. remove. We digitally <laughs> removed for some able, of it. I am forever thankful for that because it looks so <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I gotta jump back for just a second though. To so this is just my me, you know, being like crazy. You ask Fred, "Do you like your job?" What happens if he says no? What would have happened if he'd said no in that moment? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> the, I mean, you have to remember that when I asked that, I I wasn't thinking that this was gonna be for like the opening uh the opening line of the documentary i mean i knew that i wanted to film him uh on a construction site and driving the original idea was like show him leaving rmc getting in his car or leaving his i think the original idea was he's leaving his house he's like leaving his house to go to work and he's leaving his house to go to rmc or something like that and but i had no i didn't know what was going to happen and so uh the I don't know what I would have done if he had said no. That'd be kind of sad. Do you like your job? No, I hate roller coasters. I've I've been wanting to get out of this business for years. <laughs> I tell you though, what was funny, you know that shot of him like sipping on his coffee and he's like driving the truck. Uh, that is quite the setup we had there. We had this giant suction cup on the hood of his truck with like this convoluted twisted arm to hold. This mass, this GoPro shooting like 5K, that's uh, on Fred's windshield, and then he's driving on site to Silverwood with this massive setup on his truck, like driving down the roads. I'm wondering what the other drivers are thinking. Like, I wish we had got a picture of this setup. Like, you know, like our big concern, like as we're leaving, we're like, Fred, can you see the road? Like, is this going to be a problem? Is this going to be distracting? He's like, No, no, it's fine. So, but it was, it's it was good. quite the setup. It's good. It's good. No, I, I just can imagine. It's what I imagine it'd be like seeing them film the Grand Tour or Top Gear. Like you see the car just going down the road with all of the suction mounts and GoPros mounted. That's a, what I'm imagining. I don't know if it was that elaborate, but it was pretty funny. So, okay. Let's, let's jump a little bit. We've talked about Fred and Alan, but there's one person or one, like, per, we have to talk about this person. That's Peaches. We have to talk about peaches. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask about Jake. I thought you were going to ask about Jake. We're going to talk, talk about the dog. We're going <laughs> to get to talking about Gabe. Don't worry. Gabe. Yes. <laughs> uh, peaches is great. Um, 
I had met Peaches back when I visited the RMC in 2017. And uh, so I was, I was very pleased to see when we revisited three years later that the dog was still there and still doing the exact same thing of hanging around the RMC shop, you know, coming and going as she pleases. And it, so we were just grabbing a couple shots of her. We had no intention of giving her a full segment, but you know, we'd ask a couple of the employees, what do you think of peaches and stuff? And that's when Jake gave this hilarious story about, you know, this, this feud he has with this small little dachshund and it was hysterical. You know, we're on the other side of the cameras, just trying not to react. And then afterwards, after we hit cut and everything, we just like burst out laughing. And we're like, what was that? It was so good. And whole, I, I have to. All, sorry, go ahead, Jack. With all the people deliver a story like that, Jake is the one who can do it best because I've never met anyone who can just plow through something that funny and just keep a straight face. See, he just kept it together the whole time. I'm like, Dude, oh, I know. How are you holding yourself together? I'm losing it watching oh, this I know. Like, for the tenth time. When we when we did that interview, we had no idea that Jake was going to end up being the comic relief for the film. But uh, it was it was absolutely perfect i mean you know he's a he's a funny dude he's a he's a uh real real great guy super smart but um man like he can be uh sassy and you know in his own in his own jake way it was it was very funny um we had a, we had a blast doing that interview and and filming with him uh, my favorite yeah. moment from my app one of my favorite moments from this past iapa is you know because we'd we spent a lot of time hanging out at the rmc booth and and stuff and so um I'm hanging out. I'm, I'm like checking out the fun spot layout. And so I turned Jake and I'm like, so what's the difference between a corked roll and a corkscrew? And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> just don't worry about it. <laughs> I think my favorite thing is him being like, oh yeah, the death roll's great. And we're all like, we hate you right now. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, when we were up doing this uh, panel at in Texas, Someone asked about like our favorite moments on RMC, and Jake straight up almost said uh, the Iron Gwazi roll just to like piss everyone off. Oh, <laughs> I don't he think should've. he did. He should have. Yeah, I I think he should have. But it was he that would have been really good. Corked roll in the corkscrew. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> or what? Back what to uh, go ahead, Brian. Back to peaches real quick. Uh, just one of my favorite scenes, and I'm I'm quoting you actually is the the Abbey Road. Um, Abbey Road shot towards yeah. the beginning was so amazing. Yeah, I want that I, like I want someone to paint that and like send it to Arms. Oh, I know. Like <laughs> I have, I again, this was a shot that was not planned out at all. Like I'm literally just following them around a construction site, and I just happened to get that shot. And like I don't even think when I filmed it that I realized it looks like that. And then afterwards, I go back and rewatch it. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is Abbey Road, except uh, freaking one of the Beatles is this small little dachshund. <laughs> Amazing. That, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. There's this, the whole just Jake Peaches dynamic is just perfect. Um, and then, yeah, Jake is, like you said, he's the comic relief through the whole thing. Oh, uh, we, we're not ready to talk about that yet. Don't even ask about that. What is it? Yeah, what's Bra what's track? Brontosaurus? Brontosaurus, Jack. He's so dumb. Uh, yeah, he's great. The funniest thing is like, you know, in his introduction scene, we kind of try and portray him as like this real cool dude, you know? 
Uh, and so, I mean, you guys know we're at the Silverwood premiere and everyone from RMC is just laughing hysterically during the scene of Jake on a motorcycle. And we're like, why? The scene isn't meant to be funny. But what we realized is these people know Jake personally. They can't take him seriously. And so he's like riding a motorcycle, looking all cool. And they're like, yeah, look at this idiot. Like, So it was well, hilarious to see. The Idaho premiere, and we, we haven't talked about it a ton, but we were, Brian and I both got to be at the Idaho premiere and being in that audience was hilarious because everyone in that room knows all of the people on screen and just like the random like comments that would be made by the audience that will never be repeated or never get captured for anyone else to hear but we all heard like I the know. one about the, the wheel the wheel, the wheel that was so, so funny I yeah we literally lo- we literally have Megan from Macklin Wheels there who supplies the wheels for RMC. And there's the story about the wheel flying off Goliath. And Fred's like, it wasn't Megan's. <laughs> like, so like, it was so funny. Like the entire audience is laughing. But it was very, that was such an interesting experience because what we realized is that even though this film is about the people from RMC, the people from RMC are not our target audience. You know, we, we want this film to be understood by people uh, that ha- have no idea what RMC is. And everything but these are people that you know are the close friends and family and so we're so thrilled that they loved it um i know fred got emotional seeing it for the first time and everything and um so the reaction for it was absolutely fantastic that was a very surreal day yeah it was that was an amazing day and one of my favorite moments of that night was fred gets up to make his little speech right before it starts and he's like i'm a better builder than i am a speaker Fast forward an hour and 10 minutes into the documentary and you get the exact same speech from him. Yeah, I'm like, it was so is... funny because like he gives that speech at uh, to the, all the RMC facility and we're thinking like, like oh my gosh, this is like, like you know, uh, so great. Like, I love what he's saying here. But then like he gives like an almost identical speech at, uh, to us like at the start of the doc and they were like, wait a minute, does he give the same speech every time? <laughs> I have no idea, but it was uh, it was still it's one of my favorite scenes in in the documentaries when he's addressing everyone from RMC. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that's such a cool moment. Well, and that whole premiere it, night was also just surreal because you know, just announces his retirement on stage, and none of us knew. None of us knew. I didn't have a clue. Yeah, that was that was a big surprise. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm look. I'm looking down my list of like what haven't we talked about? It's like, oh, it's still long. Um, okay, here's a here's a good question. The documentary's been out what about month and a half now. Are there any regrets you have? Any scenes you want to change? Anything you want to add? Anything you'd take out now that it's been out for a month and a half? Besides uh, our wicked cyclone footage and Jack's uh, smoky lightning rod. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I love those parts. Um, I don't think there's anything that I would take out. Um, uh, I mean, you know, I don't really have any regrets with the film. Um, I, I tried to keep the story like, you know, tight. I didn't want to stray too much into all the nerdy details and stuff that like, you know, we as coaster enthusiasts will find really interesting, but um, you know, not every roller coaster needs its own segment. I, I think one thing that would have been cool is a a segment on Twisted Colossus because that was Fred's first roller coaster, the Colossus. And so I think it's really poetic that they got to redo their own ride. I think that would have made for a really cool 
sequence, but because Magic Mountain was closed the whole year, it was just not feasible at all, which is a shame. Um, I, I'll tell you what. I wish when we were doing the interviews that I had asked more questions about how the individual projects impacted Fred more and less about the company. Like, you know, we're asking like, uh, oh, yes, this was the first when roller coaster to do this. Okay, but what did you learn from that? How did this impact you personally? And I think that that would have helped make the film more emotionally impactful because like I said, Fred and RMC are synonymous with each other. And we kind of go back and forth between whether we're focusing on Fred and whether we're focusing on RMC. And I wish that we had done a little bit more focusing on Fred. And so I wanted to ask Fred, like, okay, when things at Lightning Rod didn't work out as well as you hope, what did you learn from that? What was your takeaway? And then how did you grow as an individual? Yeah, and, and ask that for, for all sorts of different rides. I think that would have made the documentary better. Dude, that would be interesting. I'd love to hear his answers to some of those too, because we look at these rides sometimes and it's like, oh yeah, it's a roller coaster, but we forget like this is the documentary is a great reminder there are people that pour their like blood sweat and tears in these rides running every single day and so they hear like how a failure because many would argue that lightning rod in its first couple of years was a failure like how did that impact you yeah like, and, and you know we tried to touch on that a little bit we, you know um i think one argument that you could make with the film is it doesn't show enough of uh the problems or like the downsides with everything, you know, we're not trying to depict RMC as a perfect company. You know, we want to show that, um, you know, they're real people, uh, mis mistakes are made, but we want to focus how can they, you know, what did you take away from that? And so, so I, I think that we did a pretty good job with the lightning rod section, you know, take showing how, you know, here was the issue and um, here's why it made the the company stronger like here's what we did to fix it you know but i still think that there could have been a bit more of that personally yeah so um, if you, like, if you ask about rides, regrets that's one of mine i think i should have asked more questions about that well lightning rod is a ride that in 10 years i could see having its own entire documentary because that ride yeah it's yeah. got some it's got some stories that a lot of people still don't even know yeah who knows so no and so kind of keeping with that though um not including pandemic related stuff what was the most frustrating part of filming it because this kind of goes in like what could would you wish you could change it's like what was frustrating what didn't go the way you hoped um that's a tough one uh i i think that i mean this wasn't frustrating but just logistically, because RMC is out in North Idaho, anytime you need something, it means that you have to go to North Idaho to get it. And so it meant that we had to make sure whenever we had a shoot that we were thorough and we got as much as we could and we weren't going to miss anything. And so um, when we had done our first shoot and we were doing all of the... Um, you know, the 17 minute edit and everything, we had realized that we needed more stuff from RMC. And 
So we had, we had created an outline edit of like, okay, here's what the documentary will look like, but we need certain scenes to fill the gaps and make it all cohesive. And so that meant that when we showed up at RMC in April, we had a list. We said, here's exactly what we need. So we were very prepared, but that was, I wouldn't say it was frustrating, but it was stressful because we had like, we were there for a very specific purpose. And, you know, in the end, we were able to get everything that we needed for the most part. Um, But it it did end up working out pretty well. But again, like, you know, I'm from Virginia and North Idaho is a long ways away. It it was a haul to get out there. That's for sure. (laughs) I think I won traveling the furthest. Just saying. That's pretty far. Central Connecticut to Idaho is a bit of a haul. Bit of a haul. Yeah. So I guess um, to get on the, on a more positive side, uh, well, what's been the most rewarding aspect of like the whole filming, and and I guess what are you the most proud of individually? Well, I mean, I I'm absolutely thrilled with just how how it turned out uh, to begin with. Um, I also love. Uh, I I love the process of making a film and, you know, working on this one was like an absolute blast. I mean, we had so much fun filming this thing. uh, So many great memories. Uh, I look back on all of that with fondness and um, it's, it also, I think it's thrilling. Uh, it It thrills me hearing everyone's reactions to it that you know everyone was so positive about because you know this was a labor of love we've been working on this for so long and we are so used to it by the end we know exactly what is in this film that we kind of you know we, we almost take it for granted and so then when we were hearing all these reactions it was um making us kind of realize we're like oh wow we we really did create something like pretty pretty special here and so that that's pretty awesome here. I, I love hearing uh, people give their reactions to the film, and so it's yeah, it's it's very very cool. It's surreal. It's awesome. So that's the, all of the questions, Bryant. And uh, Bryant came up with a lot of those. So thank you, Bryant. Um, and we have we turned it over to the listeners, and they have questions. Okay. So this first one, this one's kind of this is different uh, from Grant. During the making of the documentary, what RMCs went up in your rankings and which ones went down? That's a great question. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, New Texas Giant went up in my rankings. I gained a lot more appreciation for that ride. Um, Absolutely. And uh, it's sort of unfair to say, but uh, I had never ridden Wonder Woman Golden Lasso Coaster until we started filming for the documentary. And that's now like my favorite Raptor. So... Uh, that one by nature shot up a lot and um, which one dropped weirdly enough I think lightning rod did yeah, I think it dropped for all of us <laughs> yeah yeah we yeah who would have thought but because uh, at one point that was my favorite ride in the world and it, it is not anymore uh, so, th- so that that's one that I would say dropped uh, Goliath is was better than I remembered that one was not, we weren't actually doing any filming though, but that was something that we went and rode after, you know, it had been years since I'd been on it. And 
we got on that like we got to marathon that thing i think sarah and i got like 12 consecutive rides because the park was just dead again we weren't doing any filming for the documentary but it was during the process when we were making it and that one was like wow this thing is like really really good dad and i rode that for the first time this summer and it was like wait hold up how is a ride that is that short and only has like four elements that good yeah i think packs a punch yeah I think I'm gonna let you ask this next one, Bryant, because you know. Oh, is this the one I had? This was yeah. This was your question. So this so this isn't even RMC related. Um, so um, my answer is, but <laughs> yeah. so ignoring the whole leave no trace thing, what would be the perfect national park roller coaster combo? Whoa! <laughs> I know. Like what? Like, I've had my answer ready <laughs> since the second he sent me this question. I want wildfire in Yosemite. Thank you. I'm ooh, done. ooh, that's a good one. Okay, so, oh, that's this is a really interesting question. Hmm. So, like, basically, take a really cool ride and put it in a really cool setting. Yeah, what would be like, like visual? What would be visually I'd come insane? Come up with like a dive at, on the Grand Canyon, obviously. Or that uh, is a good one. I like I, that I one. I came up with like a top thrill jackster that emulates the St. Louis Arch. That it, that's six hundred and thirty feet. That's tall. fun. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a terrible roller coaster, but it's a really fun idea. Um, diving coaster vanish at Yokohama Cosmo World, <laughs> except it's except it's uh, at Yellowstone. It's diving into a geyser. Oh. <laughs> That'd be insane. Just or, maybe or, get like a I little splash Shikra. of like hot water. Yeah, or I guess it could be like Shikra or uh, or Griffin. Like the splashdown is like a geyser. Oh, that'd that's kind of fun. Um, the other one I want to see the is the first like, thing that came to my mind. Put Maverick in arches. Ooh. So you're actually like weaving through Ooh, the arches. I like that. Heartline, this the is old Heartline really... roll right through Delicate Arch. Yeah, this is a really fun idea. You should totally yo, make a video I feel like, on this. <laughs> yo, I feel like we got to get Sarah in on this. Sarah. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Sarah, we need you to contribute to this question. <laughs> come here, come here. This is a great, this is a great question. I know you're working here. I, this is great, though, because I've got all of my National Park posters uh, just, up behind yeah. me. Yeah. Hey. Okay, can you, can you still hear us? Yeah, yeah we can. Hold on, I need to switch preferences. You better cut all this. Um, will I okay. though? I will. You yeah, better. better cut. Okay, state the question. All right, so you'll like this, sir. Wait, I gotta get the link up. Oh, I feel like I won't like No, this. no, this is a great question. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, ignoring the whole leave no trace thing, what would be the perfect national park roller coaster combo? So take so an existing examples, roller coaster and put it in a national put park. Put it in a national park. So like Jack said, put wildfire from at Cole Martin in Yosemite. Uh, he said, uh, Bryant put, said, put a dive off the Grand Canyon. I said, make Shikra or Griffin a splashdown, with, but it's a geyser in Yosemite. Like in really, uh, Yellowstone. I'm thinking of a really whippy intimate, but like around like uh, the spires in like Bryce Canyon. Ooh. So you're like, whoosh, 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 yeah. yeah. The, uh, Jack uh, said, uh, put Maverick in arches. <laughs> That'd be cool too, yeah. Honestly, I'm Bryce Canyon because like, like I ride Big Thunder Mountain and I'm like, wow, this is so cool visually, but the ride is just me. 
So I take the same visual and put something dope there. Yeah. Jack, Jack didn't you mention like a flyer at Acadia or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah, like or a flyer or a wing at like Acadia. Yeah. Or a dive off of Mount uh, Denali. That'd be oh. insane. <laughs> 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 20,000 feet. Yeah, or like a Hagrid's at Redwood or something. Hag Hagrid's at Redwood. Ooh, that's, that's a really up. good idea. I like that. What, what should we put in Zion? What Rilke should we put Nothing. in Zion? Zion should be left alone. Uh, okay, but Wildfire in Yosemite? I okay, mean, that one should be left alone. Okay, they all should yeah, be left alone. <laughs> no, it's a great map. question. It's so fun. <laughs> you just have you to ignore the map. Like, yes, but yeah. every time I actually go to a national park with you, you're like, oh, it'd be so cool if they put a <laughs> roller coaster name here. Okay, but I don't actually park. I don't actually want that. But yeah, like, it's a fun it. idea to think about. I mean, yo, what, what should we put in Glacier? Oh, mm. like an oh those images that you like guys took there. One. Okay, I mean, it, Boulder Dash, just put Boulder Dash away along one of the like. Boulder Dash and like Shenandoah or something. Oh. Hey, that makes Shenandoah a national park I'd actually want to go back to. Okay, <laughs> I like Shenandoah. Listen, don't give yeah, that part like credit. I like Shenandoah. He just he's just really Virginia, against it because he's in Virginia. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Old Rag is one of the best day hikes in the country. Oh, I'm so traumatized that from when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm traumatized when I, when I was that, 33. All right, I'll let you guys continue. I <laughs> talked, Brian was like, so should I do Old Rag? And I'd hiked it like a week before. And I was like, yeah, do it. And he and Megan call me and cussed me out for getting them to hike Old Rag. I mean, granted, I'm in the worst shape of my life, but it was been very hot. Okay, what does Great Smoky Mountains get? Uh, they already have. I don't know. Run. Maybe something in 2023. <laughs> we definitely don't need oh. another wildfire. Stop! I literally made that joke. Like I'm aware. I'm aware, <laughs> and I had to throw it in your face. I uh, you copied. I copyrighted that joke. <laughs> Gotta admit, it's a pretty good joke. It is a good joke. <laughs> As someone who lived through all of that, I was like, you know, that was a decent joke. Yeah, I'm looking, I, uh, at, I'm looking at lists of all of the national parks now, like trying to think of what I've missed that would be good. Volcano, the blast coaster at Volcanoes. Ooh. <laughs> Rip. Oh, that's a fun one. It's like Inception. Right, we should, we should, we should move, move on. We can spend all day on this, but this is a really fun idea. Yeah, I really like that question. I'm gonna re I'm gonna do that's a, a video together. idea. That's a video idea right oh, there. You're you welcome. Should, you you're should welcome. totally do it. You should totally do it. I'm gonna write like, that down. That's a really fun idea. Like like national park roller coaster combo, like <laughs> best roller coaster for each national park. Oh my god. That would be well, 62 now, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so we've got one more question. This is one I'm interested to hear if you got any stories on or not. So Zadra blew over while it was being built. <laughs> Did you hear anything about that while you were filming the doc? That happened before the doc, actually. Yeah, but like, did any, like, did that get brought up? Oh, ever? um, no, we didn't really ask any Zadra questions. Um, the only story that I have about Zadra falling over is not from RMC, it's actually from Gravity Group. Um, oh, and I'm not, I'm not sure I should share it on here, but it, well, I don't know. I probably shouldn't, but it's pretty funny. How, how about when we hit end recording, you tell 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. I like. I I might be able to, but like, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna play it safe. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. No. We'll we won't get you in trouble. We don't need you to get in trouble. Uh, it's a really funny story, though. That was yeah, from so, uh, Mikhail, right? Yeah, that was from Mikhail, my Shout favorite out. British He's person. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm now and now the list is empty. So unless we have any other rambling discussions we want to have, that is everything I have. Brian, do you have anything you would like to ask? I mean, I've already told Taylor no less than 20 times. So for a 21st time, the documentary is phenomenal. Um, uh, my parents bought it. They loved it. They are not roller coaster people. Uh, they Aww. instantly like fell in love with Fred and Alan's story. Uh, we also showed uh, some of our other really good friends uh, a couple weeks ago. And again, they're not enthusiasts. They loved it. So it goes to show like it's definitely not for just roller coaster people and other people with other interests have, have really enjoyed it as well. So just wanted to, you know, uh-huh. make those. So glad to hear that. No, that course, was exactly, yeah. that's absolutely like the, you know, goal we had is we hoped that, you know, people who know nothing about RMC would still enjoy it. And, you know, if you do know stuff about roller coasters, then you'll probably like it even more. So, uh, no, I'm very, very pleased to hear that. The reception for the doc has honestly been incredible, like absolutely outstanding. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it yet, there's going to be a link in the description, but also because Twisted Travelers are nice and I do, we need to do something, we're going to give away a copy of it. So if you haven't bought it yet and you haven't seen it and you want to win a copy, you should join the Discord because I'm going to have a thing up on Wednesday morning that's going to tell you how you could potentially win a copy of the doc if you don't already own one. Ooh, so, I like this. You know, I'm Yeah. And if you want to support to know the show so I can spend more money on giveaways, patreon.com slash twisted travelers. We're $10 away from a really funny number, and I want that number to happen. Is it the number that and I'm as thinking you're of right replacing now? It's Chris. probably the number that you're thinking nice. of. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That number, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Chris, as your replacement today, I'm speaking directly to you. Buy your mic. Buy your mic. That's all. Yeah, he, he, he's had the money for like two, three, maybe longer, I don't remember, to buy his like fancy microphone. And has he? No. Yeah, my money. Specifically. <laughs> Love you, Anyway. Chris. Yeah, so Mr. Um like he's gonna if you okay if he listens through this i'll be impressed um i don't i can't tell you the last yeah no. so with that taylor thank you so much for coming on this has been awesome of course i had so much fun i was good chat with you guys i think everyone knows where they can find you but if not do you want to tell them yeah sure i mean coaster studios is available on uh youtube or on twitter instagram facebook and then uh, this is how we roll is on Vimeo. It is vimeo.com slash on demand slash this is how we roll movie. And uh, this is how we roll also has an Instagram account. So you can go follow that for some uh, cool behind the scenes photos and uh, a lot of other cool stuff. Yeah. And I will drop links to all of that in the description. Of course, for us, you can follow us on Instagram at twisted underscore travelers. Twitter's at twisted traveler, but the R at the end of the one. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at thrilling moment. And Chris is at twisted travelers. Chris Bryant is at coaster365 on Twitter. Follow him for all of the funny hotness um, that comes daily, provided by uh, birthdays and pictures that random people, including myself, take. And 
I'm trying to think. Buy Allison's book, join the Discord, all of the things that Chris usually plugs. I have to do it tonight since he's not here. That's such a sad moment. Uh, and with that, we will see y'all next week. Thanks for listening to the Twisted Travelers Podcast. <laughs>